Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Joe Martinez, and we're going to talk about YouTube ad success and what you need to know to get started. If you've been all in on Facebook ads, but you've been thinking you want to diversify, this is a really good place to start. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you do not miss our amazing future content we've got lined up for you. Does using Google Docs, email, Dropbox, and Slack make your social media workflow clunky and painful to execute? Do you wish there was a better way to manage your client or stakeholder approvals for your Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube content? Your solution is Sked Social, the social media planning, scheduling, and collaboration platform for smart marketers. Here's what Sked does for you. Number one, Sked Social simplifies and automates the entire life cycle of your social content. It handles everything from one-click approvals to auto-posting your amazing content. Number two, store, organize, and schedule your images and videos all in one place. Skip searching through folders in the cloud and get right to what you need faster. Number three, search and track hashtags to find and showcase user-generated content. Number four, supercharge your Instagram strategy with in-depth hashtag analytics, expanded audience and stories insights, and comprehensive competitor reporting. Sked Social was built to streamline your team, client, and influencer processes. 10,000 brands and agencies trust Sked Social. Start your extended 14-day free trial by visiting skedsocial.com slash SME. And if you like what you see, you'll save 50% on your first month with Sked. Again, visit skedsocial.com slash SME. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. And now for this week's interview with Joe Martinez. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Joe Martinez. If you don't know who Joe is, he's a YouTube ads expert and co-founder of Paid Media Pros, an agency that helps marketers understand how to use paid media. His YouTube channel is Paid 
Media Pros. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I'm super excited to have you, Joe. So before we get into YouTube ad success, which is what we're going to talk about today, I want to start with your backstory. How in the world did you get into ads? How'd you get into YouTube? Start wherever you want to start. This could be a long story. I'll try to make it quick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I went to college at Marquette University and I was a broadcasting major. So I actually was doing the career I thought I'd be doing in college and that was radio. I had an on-air radio shift at the Hard Rock station in town, but then the radio station flipped formats. I got let go from that position still in college. When you say flip formats, what does that mean? They went from like hard rock to classic rock and it's, uh-huh. it's hard to have what like a 20 year old DJ at a classic rock station. So it just doesn't fit with the brand. So I got bumped. So this is why you were still in college or after you got out of college? This is when I was still in college. So I felt like I was living my career when I was in college. And clearly I'm not doing broadcasting anymore. So that was a good wake up call. Like, oh, I can get fired at any time. I should probably do something else. So tell us more. What happened next? Uh, I was actually at a year after college. I really didn't have a job. I was just doing a kind of side part-time jobs. And then I worked at Kohl's corporate headquarters for five years because I live in Milwaukee and Kohl's headquarters is right outside Milwaukee. Huh. And then at that time, I was, I was miserable in that position. Sorry, Cole. And I had a friend who worked at an agency in downtown Milwaukee, and she said she got her Google ad certification. I was like, oh, what's that? And then she told me more about it. And I was like, well, that career seems much more fun. So I completely shifted careers, got entry level at a account manager position at a local agency. And then from there, kind of within a couple months, someone said, I need help with PPC. And that's how I got into PPC. And it, I became obsessed with it, snowballed. Agency hopped a little bit and more and more, I just became obsessed and just wanted to do anything related to paid media as much as possible. So that's why I also got into writing about it, speaking as much as possible until the pandemic hit. And what year was this approximately? Like when you started getting into Google pay-per-click and all that stuff, like how far back, like what year do you believe that was? This is the first weekday of 2012. Okay. So what happened then along the way? So you're basically working for this agency, helping them with pay-per-click ads on Google search, it sounds like. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And as account manager, you know, clients come with questions on anything. We didn't always go to the practitioners this time. So to really get back as quick to the client as possible with an answer, sometimes I just have to research the solution myself. And then for more and more, I became just more knowledgeable in PPC and pretty much Google search and Google display and everything at the time that I just really, really loved that aspect. And I being a broadcasting major in communications in college, I took advertising classes. I just never really knew what I could do with it. And still, I mean, still to this day, my university doesn't even teach really what I do for a living. So I couldn't really say I learned PPC in college because it wasn't really around. So I just became literally obsessed with it and made my career my hobby as well. So you're working for somebody else's company as kind of a junior level guy, it sounds like, right? And you start writing about it and talking about it. So kind of bridge the gap into YouTube a little bit for us. Yeah, I worked at an agency that did a lot of branding. I mean, by this point in my career, it was like four agencies ago. So I I told you I hopped around a little bit. (laughs) But with the wonderful branding that this agency had, and I loved working there, they had clients who paid the agency to make these great videos. Well, you you pay a lot of money to make these videos. You want to promote them. So we got into YouTube advertising and that was my first taste into the platform. And from there, I just saw like the impact that it had, let alone just how cool it was to be working with videos and images instead of writing text ads all the time. So to have just a, a taste of something that 
I could really see since it was a branding agency, not necessarily a digital advertising agency, I really got to see the value of focusing on building a brand versus just trying to go after keywords all the time. So I once I saw that impact and I saw what it could do to build an audience to get a ton of people consistently coming back to your website, that's why I said, this channel is amazing and nobody's using it. And this is probably around, what, 2013-ish. I was really kind of getting into YouTube. So this is something that I knew I wanted to do and really get into more and more. So when did you decide to leave the agency and kind of go off on your own? Oh, man, I've only been on my own technically for about three, four months now. So even after that in 2013, I still hopped around to other agencies and had the opportunity to work with a few friends a couple of times. So I did that, but uh, eventually, you know, built up enough and had people coming out to me a lot, asking questions on YouTube projects where besides that and all the other types of pay media platforms I use, I thought it was a, a good decision at this point to just break off on my own. So tell us about how you decided to start the YouTube channel, because it seems like this is an important part of the story, right? Yes. Yeah. One of my former coworkers at the time at it, even before I even started working with her, we spoke at conferences together fairly frequently and we were put together on the same panels. So we found out that not only do we love speaking about the same parts about paid media, uh, it was a lot of audiences, display, top of funnel type stuff, awareness, that we also have the same personality. So her name is Michelle Morgan, clearly still working with her because she's part of the channel. But at the time it was like, oh, we should write a book. And then just due to all the writing and stuff we're doing, we're like, oh, we don't want to do any more writing. Writing just sounds like an absolute pain. And then and that shifted to YouTube channel. Uh, I was like, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier since I'm obsessed with YouTube, both where work and not. So we just decided to do it. And I think we slowly got the ball rolling in 2018. Didn't really make a push a lot with the channel until 2019. I started off with one video a week, then one video a week plus another video every other week. And then now we're up to like a two video a week cadence and don't see it being too much more right now just due to client load and, and time. But uh, I mean, the more effort we put into it, the more snowball results we saw positively. And I mean, I wish I could do much, much more because we're definitely reaping the benefits from it. And what exactly are you covering on the channel? Anything related to our experience in, in paid media. So it's more than just Google and Facebook and YouTube. We have videos on there about Reddit, Quora, Twitter, LinkedIn. We have some Apple search ads videos, some Waze videos. We also have Taboola videos, Unbounce, and some landing page videos. So we try to do as much as we can related to paid media just based about our previous experience. And why are you doing it? What's the goal? Is it to show kind of the technical side of it? Or is it kind of, I mean, what's the purpose? How is that connecting to the business? There's a lot of reasons. One, in terms of, Writing can sometimes be a pain. You know, I, I, I guess blog still on various other websites, but in terms of like I'm thinking of what should I do in terms of engagement, I don't necessarily get that feedback away from writing. I don't get to see the stats. I don't get to see what impact it's making. When I can own this content myself, I get to see it. Two, ad money. Not every blog, guest blog thing that we do pays us. We're getting paid with the ad revenue from YouTube. So that's definitely a part of it. We just wanted another outlet to share our knowledge and what better than the second largest search engine in the world. And we can also get our results on natural Google organic listings too. And we're seeing that as well. Plus I mean, with the awareness that are out there, just business that's coming in from the YouTube channel. Um, it's something that is extremely valuable from 
personal branding, but as well as business development too. Yeah, I would imagine if you're talking to a prospective client, you can say, check out our YouTube channel and it adds instant credibility, Would doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we get fairly freaking amount of people reaching out to us on both our Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. People are requesting messages and everything, asking questions or seeing if we do consulting or management. Yeah. So who do you serve today? Like who is your ideal client? If people listening might fit into that and they want to reach out to you later, who, who is the target audience that you're trying to reach? Yeah. Any, honestly, it's anyone who sees the value of paid media. And honestly, we, we like working with people who understand that your audience visits more channels than just Google and Facebook. Uh, you know, we have to not go where we think we should be from a channel perspective. We need to go where the audience is. And your audience most likely visits more websites than just Google and Facebook. So you need to craft a paid media strategy that meets your target audience, not what's popular. So that that is, I mean, we, we work with a variety of different industries. We really don't have a specific niche, I would say. I guess the one thing we really don't do is like Amazon or marketplace type advertising. But you know, the, I mean, ideally, we love consulting as well. You know, a lot of brands that we've worked with, you know, are starting to bring some of the stuff in house. However, they still have a junior team. So we, since we love doing education, we speak, we have the channel. Um, educating and growing a young team is something that we're passionate about and looking to hopefully grow services in that soon. Awesome. So what we've discovered is over about the last 10 years, you've really been getting your chops first in the Google ecosystem and then YouTube and now pretty much everything with what you're doing on the YouTube channel. So today we're going to dig in specifically on YouTube. So I would love you to share with marketers out there who are probably all considering or doing Facebook ads, maybe why they might want to consider diversifying over to YouTube when it comes to ads. What's your thoughts? What do you want to say to them? Yeah, there's, there's a few reasons. I know I mentioned just the diversity of a channel. It's hitting the user in another place where they're at. One thing I would like to look at in terms of all the paid media channels out there is that they all offer different targeting options. I see a value and a benefit for everything that is out there. And with YouTube, you know, it's the same thing. They have specific targeting options for video ad promotion that you can only get on YouTube. And the beauty of it, since it is owned by Google, you're collecting a lot of first party data since you're staying on a Google property platform that you can use within your other Google campaigns. So you can use audiences that you're creating with YouTube in display campaigns, in in your search campaigns, or additional YouTube campaigns. And it's kind of easier to have a fuller multi-approach strategy when you can build them all within the same platform. And Honestly, I, I think it's the cost as well. You know, we have a, a wonderful reach with YouTube just due to the part of how many people use YouTube plus the display network, which is a targeting option that we can hit a lot of users. And just due to how the pricing works for a majority of YouTube ads, it's extremely affordable. Yeah, I think you've hit on something really important there, which is the price. Like you're going to pay a lot more for Facebook than you are for YouTube because there's just not as much real estate available on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, with YouTube, every video is targetable now, right? There is no such thing as videos that don't have ads in them anymore because they change that. Plus, if you think about the amount of video that people are watching today on YouTube, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, I think COVID probably has got part to do with this, but also just the quality of the content, like the intent when people go to YouTube is exclusively to watch video, right? But mm -hmm. on Facebook, that's not always the case. So 
you know, when people are on YouTube, they're naturally going to have their videos unmuted, right? But on Facebook, that's not true, right? Because people don't go there to watch video. They go there to read updates from their friends. And I would imagine that's going to lead to a better opportunity for marketers. Do you, you have any thoughts on any of that? I completely agree with that. And you hit the nail right on the head. People go to YouTube to watch videos. There are so many other distractions on platforms like Facebook. And yes, you can do video on LinkedIn too, but people go to YouTube purely to watch videos. Or even if they're trying to get a answer to a question or find a solution, they want that content. They want to consume it in video form. So it's a great opportunity to not only help users and guide them to eventual conversion if they're in some sort of buyer's journey, but build that awareness and just plant the seed to a target audience that really wants to consume great content. And the video is really going to dictate how well a campaign can do. One thing that we like to consider with YouTube ads as well is looking particularly at, you know, intent levels. You know, where is the user watching? If if you want to target a specific audience, but you're landing on a lot of music video channels, well, clearly if they're watching a music video, then they weren't there to download a PDF. Oh, and they might not even be watching it. They might just be listening to it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So we can kind of understand, you know, why that user goes to YouTube. doesn't mean if they're watching a music video that they don't want your product. Right. It just means that we need to have a different mindset when approaching that user and understand where they are in that moment and how we can craft our video to make them want to all of a sudden perk up. Like you said, they might not even be looking at the screen, but if there's a a clever audio part of your video, or even if they are watching it, what's going to make them pay attention so they look at your ad and not skip it to go back to their music or video? You know, one other statistic that I don't have fresh in my mind, but I know it's rather large, is the amount of television watching on YouTube. You know, with uh, Apple TVs and Chrome whatever they call those little plug-in things, you know, and, and smart TVs, a lot of people are watching YouTube in their living room, surprisingly, right? So you can actually reach someone in their living room on their big screen television with YouTube. And that's simply not possible. You know, <laughs> For example, with Facebook, which is a unique opportunity, don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have no problem telling a personal family story. Our kids like certain songs, you know, they have, you can tell how old their parents are. You know, we're listening to songs from the eighties or nineties and we have our kids involved in every once in a while, like Friday, Saturday nights, so like mom and dad, can we have a dance party? We're popping on YouTube. <laughs> right. I, I, we don't have cable. So we run everything through our Xbox and we have the YouTube app and we're watching videos all the time. And yep, of course we see a ton of ads. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk video strategy when it comes to YouTube ads. What exactly do we need to know? Because there's probably a decent amount of our listeners who have not yet done a video ad on YouTube and they don't even know where to start. So what are the basics? What should we think about? Yeah, I I think the important part is understanding your goal of what you want to use YouTube for, as well as the type of video creative that you already have. In order to do any video advertising with YouTube, you have to have that video uploaded to a YouTube channel. You can't just upload an MP4 right away. So there's a few questions that we typically ask clients in terms of what do they already have or what could they make? And that will kind of help dictate the strategy of what we can do. So one of the things that I know we kind of mentioned it as well as like the in-stream ads, the ones that are, you might call them pre-roll ads that are in the beginning, in the middle, and at the end of the video that you were actually watching. Those are probably the most common, but it's not necessarily the place I would say you have to start every single time. One of my 
favorite targeting options with YouTube is going after just the search results. Trying to get your ad to be the number one recommended video when someone's looking for a specific problem. To me, that's capitalizing on intent deeply. And the difference between those two is that an in-stream ad is, like the pre-roll ones I mentioned, you only get charged, for the most part, for the unskippable format. You will only get charged if a user watches at least 30 seconds or if the video is under 30 seconds that they watch the whole thing. With a discovery ad, you are sending users to that specific video watch page. So from uh, of the video that you're using as the ad. So when they click on that, you're getting charged for that every time, but the intent is deeper. So with an in-stream ad, we like that 15 to 30 second type video format to make it like a TV commercial feel. With Discovery, I've run video ads for those that are 30 minutes or longer because that user was looking for something specific on YouTube. And if I'm paying for that view every time, I want them to engage as long as possible. So if you have those really long demo type videos or you're showing something that whether how our product works versus the competition, all the benefits, all the features, all the bells and whistles, that is perfect for a discovery ad because you can really showcase your product and explain it to users who are specifically looking for something, hopefully that your product can solve or answer a question. Where in-stream, you know, people were wanted to watch a different video, like a music video or something else that's funny. The in-stream ad should be quick and to the point. Get your hook and message there very early on. So if they do skip it, they do have some sort of brand awareness with your product. So I know I kind of went through a lot there, but we can see the difference of intent. Yeah, let me back up for a second here. So first of all, you said something about, first of all, what's your goal? So let's just dig in on the goal side of it. Like what are the typical goals that you're seeing with your clients, specifically when it comes to YouTube ads? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we try to push the clients to understand Again, the intent of the user is we love to use YouTube for top to mid funnel awareness. Yes, you can get conversions from YouTube. We have that running with clients right now, but it's typically not our goal. Again, it's harder for someone to sign up for your, you know, your thousands of dollar software product by seeing a video ad once. They want to explore. So it's great for discovery and taking that user's hand and guiding them along the journey to the next step to eventual purchase. So when we're looking at the goal, we want to understand from the client, is the goal just to get awareness out there? You know, if you don't have a brand, is that what we should be doing? Just trying to look for brand recognition or do you already have brand recognition? You just want to help from the awareness that you're doing through other channels. Do you want to help guide those users to the eventual conversion? So that's something where we'd want to figure that out and learn that from the client first. Okay. So when we say mid funnel, like what kinds of actions typically are mid funnel when it comes to YouTube ads? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we typically like to look at someone who has had a higher level interaction with your brand before. They're not Previous purchasers, they're not people who are already customers. They've had some sort of engagement, whether they've visited your website before, maybe they just signed up for a newsletter, but they haven't purchased anything yet, or they just interacted with your YouTube channel at some point in the past. We can get back in front of those users and show them a different message to make the brand more appealing and encourage hopefully an eventual purchase or potentially just a deeper action. So it sounds like with YouTube, the best from your experience is to get your brand or your product or your business or your service or your face, what, depending on who's listening, right? To get it out there so people become familiar with whatever the product or services that you're trying to sell. 
And I would imagine that's where the creative comes in, right? Because you mentioned you've got these in-stream ads, which you said are 15 to 30 seconds. Then you've got these discovery ads, which show up in search, which can be really, really long, like 30 minutes or even longer. I would imagine um, the goal is probably going to be tied to the creative, right? Because it seems like to me, it would be really hard to do certain kinds of actions if you only had 15 seconds. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, agreed. You know, I, we've had clients who, uh, this is probably long ago, I, I typically would, wouldn't take a client if all they had was this type of video, but we did have a client that was literally, you know, the CEO, no joke, sitting at his desk, just talking about like, this is what my company could do. It, it was like a five minute video. That's all they had. They weren't going to get anything new, but we still ran it as an in-stream one. Now, did it have the best results? No, because <laughs> it's boring. That's people aren't going to sit through there. However, we've had those types of videos work better from a discovery standpoint, but we made sure that we were only targeting placements or specific search terms on the YouTube search results that really satisfied what that quote unquote boring video was talking about. So that's how we've recommended some clients who don't have a bigger budget, but they want to try YouTube. It's making sure that if you can't get new video creative, just use it in the ways that it will be beneficial just with how that creative would work. So we don't have to run that video ad everywhere. We don't have to run it on every placement, every audience or everything. If you have a specific niche video, that's fine. That means then you won't need a bigger budget just to test it out on that smaller audience targeting size that would be a benefit to whatever that video is. On the creative side of things, there's a lot of people who are doing video off of YouTube. Maybe they're doing stuff on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you know, maybe they have live videos from Facebook or maybe they've got reels or they've got all this creative that they probably have been doing on the other social channels. Can that stuff work on YouTube or do you recommend creating something specifically for YouTube? I would put that as one of those, it depends situations. You know, if you're doing a lot of the personal made it seem organic, almost like the creative was shot from a phone. Right. It doesn't look like it's a very polished type ad. We've seen those work very well on YouTube because it does seem natural. There's clients where we've worked with right actually currently we're collecting testimonials and they're clear that we've got them organically from users, people who have willingly submitted videos to be a part of this commercial and, and it works because it's not some of this super corporate type video. People want to engage with brands that are like them. They want to see themselves using those products. They want a brand that they can fall in love with. So having those organic type video creatives for many clients we've seen work really well. On the flip side, it kind of depends on the industry. You know, if someone's from the more lines of really niche kind of manufacturing where we have some of those too, it, it can or cannot work. It's something where we've looked at and tested it out. It's just really comes down to knowing your audience. If you've already run, not even just video, but any sort of other images or other creative out in the wild with your industry, what has really resonated in the past? Was it more of the fun, lighthearted brand building type creative? Or are you in an industry where, no, they just want the facts. They just want to know right away, how is this going to help them? You don't need to make it funny. You don't need to make it, you know, super wild. They just 
just get blunt and to the point, I would kind of look at what has already been engaging through your other channels. And if you don't have that information and you're starting clean, it's just something that you're probably going to have to test out and be willing to let this run a little bit longer till you find out what is really engaging with your audience. What about the fact that, I mean, my understanding is most people are watching on the YouTube app on their phone, right? Or they're on mobile. So are they turning their phone sideways or are they watching vertical videos or what, how does the creative, what format can it be? And does it need to be uh, 16 by nine traditional landscape or can it be portrait? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yep, absolutely. I know YouTube was really making a push for vertical video and we never really saw that take off. So I think most, even as devices have gotten bigger, like you said, you, you can watch a lot of TV and even like full movies on YouTube, whether they're free or paid. So the format that we typically use is you know the 16 by nine. So we're looking at horizontal video and that's where we've really seen the best results. And honestly, that's really the only types of video ads we create because especially from a discovery standpoint, we typically leave those public so users can find them organically as well. And if they're finding them organically, most likely they're watching them horizontally as well. Do you think YouTube Shorts is going to change that a little bit now that it's getting a lot of adoption? You know what I'm talking about? That's their answer to TikTok. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's going to be an ad unit coming if there isn't already for Shorts, right? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if it's held up. I honestly haven't done anything with Shorts for my clients, but I know what Twitter just got rid of Fleet's already. So, <laughs> Well, I, I think it's going to hold up because everything I've been seeing is that YouTube is going after TikTok and so is Facebook, right? So mm -hmm. they know that TikTok is essentially a competitive threat. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is a new, if you will, pre-roll ad unit that's stuck in between shorts because if it takes off, because shorts are vertical, right? So if it takes off, there'll be a new opportunity. So when it comes to these in-stream pre-roll ads, if you're suggesting they be 15 to 30 seconds, I think you mentioned something like, hey, somehow get your brand in the first couple of seconds. How long before the skip button comes up? Is it five seconds or 10 seconds? Five seconds. So what do you recommend people do in those first five seconds? Yeah, I want to make sure that the brand name is visible at all times. Because even if it's a 30 second video, if the user watches 25 seconds and skips, you still don't pay for it. I want to make sure that brand recognition is there as much as possible. Within those first five seconds, I'm testing a variety of different intros. What's going to get that user hooked that they continue to watch more? Because yes, I know it's, it's like, but, but I don't want to pay for it. I get that. Well, you want to pay for it if it's the right prospect, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I still want that user to be engaged. You know, I want to know from an ad creative standpoint, if more people are watching it to completion, it's a better engaging ad. I don't want to run an ad where even if it's valuable, if I see a majority of the people are only watching 25% of it, to me, that's the ad unit I'm pausing and, and getting a new one in there because there is a benefit for having a better view rate and having more people watch it to completion. The better your view rate and completion rate is, the less you're going to pay for that view when you have to pay for it. So I do still want to get that user watching beyond that five seconds. And I will test different emotions. Kind of what, what I said before, if you haven't really tried video advertising before, do people respond more for from humor? Do you have to kind of do the fear tactic of it of, you know, are you sure you're safe? You know, that type of thing. Is it going to engage users? Do they just need the blunt information right away? Do you need to strike a specific emotion, you know, the Hallmark style to really kind of capture that user's attention? And that's something that we would really want to test. And it's more from visual. It's, it's audio as well is what's going to really create that response that's going to get that user to keep watching. Do you find that it's highly variable depending on the target audience? Or is there something that you've really determined that seems to work across the board? We have seen some of just the 
more fun, organic type videos work in the past. Now, one, it's depending on the product. So we've definitely had some fire safety products where, of course, no one wants their home to ever set on fire or damage their home in any way. So in that instance, you know, looking at the fear-based one of, you know, is your house safe enough? You know, I, I'm not remembering the exact quote, but I don't want to say the brand name either. But it's looking at the product itself and why do people use this product? Is it for fun? Is it a necessity to live their lives? Is it a nice to have that type of thing? And then understanding the intent of that product, you know, if people don't need it, if it's more of a luxury thing, then you can make it more fun. If it, this is a necessary product to have a functional life, then we sometimes make it a little bit more serious. But, you know, sometimes we're surprised and we do need to switch it up because something that we definitely learned within the past year and a half is people wanted something that they could smile to. It was rough for a lot of people for the last year and a half and it's still rough. So sometimes people don't want to get the fear or be serious. They, they go to YouTube to be entertained. So maybe our ad format should really replicate that. And that's something that we've tested out too. So the discovery ads, which you said can be really long. Talk to me a little bit about that because a lot of people are fascinated by that. Some people are thinking, oh, I've got a webinar that I've already done. Maybe I could turn that into a discovery ad. Other people are like, oh, I've got videos that have been on my channel for a long time. Maybe I could put that into a discovery ad. Like talk about the scenarios and use cases here. The webinar one was great, Mike. That was a good one. That's exactly one that we've fairly done recently for clients, especially within the past year, you know, with COVID shutting down live conferences. So when people have turned things virtual or they started webinar series or podcast series, we would look specifically at the topic for each episode or each webinar. And then we would do keyword research like you're doing with your typical search ads. You know, what are people searching for? And then try to show up on the YouTube search results when people are looking for that specific topic. Many cases, we have clients who have notable guests on their webinars or their live conferences or with just within their videos itself. So we'll do research around that guest. You know, are they a high enough one where they have their own name. You know, there's a lot of CEOs. We've done videos with celebrities in them. Influencers, we will research all that as well. So if someone's looking for videos from their favorite influencers, celebrities, guests, ours can still be there from a recommended standpoint. And clearly, if you see a video with a celebrity that you're searching for on it, that does very well in capturing someone's attention and watching that video. So let's say we don't have access to celebrities, which most of us don't. But I am thinking about the information product person listening right now, right? Someone who's selling either a complex service, consultancy, agency owner, expert in X, Y, or Z, right? There's a lot of those people out there, and I would think this is where they could shine, right? Because they could put a how-to video together that helps provide enough insight that someone want to watch it. But some that watch it would be like, well, Joe Martinez really knows this stuff. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to hire Joe, right? Is that kind of... The ideal scenario here where these kinds of longer videos make sense, is that the kind of company that's listening right now that might ought to consider something like this? Absolutely. I'll give our Pay Media Pros YouTube channel as the example. So before our organic really took off, we were running discovery ads for ourselves. You know, when we have demo videos of how do I test a lead form on LinkedIn? You know, people were asking that question. So we create a video for it. We promote it to a lot of the keywords focusing on testing lead forms in LinkedIn. And, you know, we get comments and responses saying like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Our watch times were long. We're getting more engagements from 
people like they're leaving comments, they're subscribing to the channel. So we're growing a brand like that, reaching out to us, asking if we consult or do business. So we're getting business from that too. A lot of it coming from the ad itself. So there's a multi-touch point area or multi-benefit look at running these discovery ads because if they're watching longer videos, then it's worth us paying a couple cents to it. And look, we're getting business from it. We're growing our channel. We're growing our awareness. And when they do certain actions, and this is a big benefit of discovery ad. So you pay for that video view once they click on the ad, they're watching that video. If that user goes on to watch other videos, subscribe to your channel, share your video, like your videos, add your videos to a playlist, all those additional actions are free. So I'm only paying a couple cents for them to really engage with my brand, watch minutes and minutes and minutes of my videos. And then I can use all those engagements as future remarketing audiences within the Google platform. I know some people right now are listening and thinking to themselves, well, does that hurt my organic search on YouTube? You know, because there's some videos that, you know, you and I have been in YouTube for a while, but we know there's some videos that just knock it out of the park immediately and get start ranking in search right on YouTube and on Google search. And there's other videos that we think should rank, but they're not ranking, right? So are those the videos we should be putting money behind potentially? I would look, if it's one that you want to get exposure from, I think it's always worth testing. You know, if, you know, there's certain things that we experimented and tested out on different targeting options. And one do the comment too, we do a lot of videos on Reddit. And if you've ever been on Reddit, you know how that audience typically can react. If they don't like something, they're going to let you know. So we've discovery boosted some Reddit ads before. And yeah, that's when we saw like the thumbs down skyrocketed and, you know, junk comments and everything. Oh yeah. Cause those Reddit users got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go check out a, the Reddit 101 advertising video on our channel. You see all the thumbs down. So that was purely from advertising. <laughs> that one we've known for sure. However, when we took other channels and we've run some ads before on Quora, Pinterest, you know, some of the more serious ones, we never saw an issue from it. So when it's something in terms of organic, if it's already doing well, that's great. But do you want that to get more exposure? That's a question you need to ask yourself as well. Is it, is it worth it? Um, or do you want to just try to get more exposure to the videos that potentially are valuable, but they may not have a lot of search traffic? You know, it comes to that demand. What we say with search is search doesn't create demand. It can only satisfy the demand that's out there. So if you know you have a valuable video that can answer different questions, I think that's a good one to consider promoting if you really want to push the reach of something. Do you have a recommended tool to see how much search there is on certain phrases in YouTube? There is a tool called TubeBuddy. You get a little bit amount for free and then you have to pay for it. Of course, you know, that that's the service. That one can be beneficial. Honestly, what we've done is we've really looked specifically at just the Google Keyword Planner. It still gives us valuable information. And particularly, we still find that valuable because your organic YouTube videos can appear very frequently within the Google organic results. And still on top of the page, I just took screen grabs of ours. We were searching for ourselves this past weekend and we found some cool images of us, of our videos on there, answering people's questions. Where do you find that tool? Is that inside of Google's ad manager or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The keyword planner is a tool within Google ads. So it's pretty much free to sign up for Google ads if you want to test it out. But I mean, if you're already using Google, YouTube seems a pretty logic next step. Yeah. I use keywords everywhere. I don't know if you ever tried that or not. Are you familiar with that tool? I have. Yeah, I've used it 
before. I Not really recently, though. Yeah, it's cool. It does Google search and it just recently added YouTube to it as well, which I find is really fascinating. So let's talk how much do these things cost. You mentioned for pennies, you can get some of these discovery ads. So what's kind of the benchmark pricing that you've discovered for the discovery ads and the pre-roll ads, I'm sure, are a wider mix. But talk to us a little bit about pricing. Sure. Yeah, the pre-roll ads, I've consistently get you know, cost per views in like the two, three cent range. Per view, not per thousand, right? Per view. Yes, correct. Um, and that is looking particularly at videos that average around a 40 to 45 view rate of people watching the entire video. So if we get people that engaged, I mean, we're, we're paying two cents in terms of that. What do you mean 40 to 45? Per, oh, you mean they got past the 30 second mark is what you're saying? Yeah. So that's still completion. So however long the video is, ours are typically around 30 seconds. So if we get from like 40% of those users watching the entire video, that's when we see our cost per view down to like two, three cents. Extremely affordable. Got it. Discovery varies. And that one is depending on kind of what we're targeting, as well as the amount of reach. I, I mean, just by default, there's no science behind this whatsoever. What's the range that you've seen, like the low end and the high end, just from your experience? In terms of the in-stream? I'm talking about the discovery ads. Discovery. Yeah, we've seen just as low as around three cents. And then and we've had clients bidding over a dollar for it, but that sometimes that was just been really competitive space. Is there a limit to how many show up in the search when you're searching on your mobile phone and you're searching for a, a, a topic, like how many ads show up at once? Like how competitive is the auction? There, I believe there is one, but then you do have the option with discovery ads to target just the YouTube search results. So that's going to be one option. However, if you target videos and channels as well, and you're doing more of an audio audience-based approach to discovery, not necessarily just search terms, you can appear on the right-hand side of a video. And after a video is done being played, your ad could be the recommended watch next video on the side. So with discovery is more than just the search results, but that's just one way that we can filter those ads. And do you only get charged if someone clicks to play on all these ads, these discovery ads? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause with in-stream ads, we have the option to, it'll, it'll show up on the video you're watching, but there's going to be certain cards or elements you can add to an in-stream ad that sends users to your website. So even if you don't pay for the video view, if someone clicks on that call to action extension or companion banner and goes to your website, then you are going to pay for the view. With a discovery ad, you're sending that user to your video watch page. So they're going to your channel, your video. You pay for that every single time, but then all the other engagements they do with your channel are free after that. When you're running a discovery ad, do you have the option to do split testing with the thumbnails natively inside of the YouTube ads ecosystem? You would have to create multiple ad variations. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do... So do you recommend like, people making copies of the ads and experimenting with different thumbnails? Or do you instead recommend that they just use the video that they have already got some social proof on from views and comments and likes? You understand where I'm going with that? Yes, 100%. I would First thing I would test would be the thumbnail. That's going to be the component that is capturing users' attention. If you don't have a custom one or other ones to test by default, it will use whatever the, the title card you have that you uploaded to YouTube in the first place. But for sure, def definitely look at testing out other elements. So we should use our existing videos though, rather than make a copy of the video. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Like take the video that's already got some performance on it 
and run that as a discovery ad rather than making a copy of the video? I would from from a discovery standpoint. Yeah, especially if the video is like, you know, 10 minutes long, half hour long. Got it. It's tough to make a completely different video. And it's just easier to not only test out the image that you're going to use for it, but also the headline because you do get to write a little headline and a little description out of all the placements. The description only shows up on desktop. So I never really test out the description because people really aren't going to read it. They're going to look at the thumbnail image and then they're going to look at the headline. So I test out both of those mainly. But the headline is not the same or is it the same as the title of the video? It'll be different. Yeah. So you'll be able to control the headline of a discovery ad. It's not going to be your video title. Okay. That's good to know. All right. Let's talk about analysis. What should we be looking for to know that our ads are working when it comes to YouTube? One of the things I love to look at, and we kind of briefly talked about it, are those earned actions. After people are watching my video ads, are they watching other videos? Are they subscribing to my channel? If it's more of a traffic-driven campaign, how much I would look at, are people actually clicking on my call to action extensions and my companion banners? If my goal is to drive traffic and they're not clicking on my call to action extension, then I need to test out different CTAs or different headlines that come up in my call to action extension to drive traffic. So in terms of a traffic one, I will look at those traffic focused metrics and engagement. Uh, Beyond that, I would also look at audiences. So one thing I mentioned too, is we can create a variety of different audiences in the Google ads audience manager from YouTube user interaction. Besides all the earned action ones, we can look at people who watched any of my video as an ad. We can create an audience off of anyone who watched a particular video as an ad, or we can do a custom combination of a variety of different metrics. And I like to layer all of those YouTube user audiences as an observation or bid only audience within my Google search campaigns. So when I can look from this campaign strategy, possibly it was a first touch point. Maybe we're excluding any previous engagement with my brand before. So if they're seeing this particular video ad, are they going back and searching for any of my keywords? Are they going back and searching for my brand name? And we can review that within the audience report within Google ads. So we like to see particularly, are people coming back and searching for it after looking at a YouTube video? And then besides just coming back to the website, we can see if they converted, if they purchased, how much that purchase was after they watched any video as an ad. For those that are really pretty up to speed on YouTube analytics, because maybe they watch their YouTube channel, when you run an ad to a video, let's say an existing video in a discovery ad, does it provide a separate layer of analytics so you can tell exactly just for the paid audience, like what the retention was and the various actions were, or does it just kind of combine it all together in in the one video? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yes, definitely. You can split it out by source. Okay. And when we're looking at an audience that we paid for watching our videos, should the retention be just as good as the organic audience? Do you find that the people that click on ads tend to watch less? Like what's the reasonable metric that we ought to be looking for? That's definitely going to be a, it depends (laughs) metric as well. Because even from a discovery standpoint, it can show up in the search results. But if you're doing audience-based targeting, let's say you want to do a retargeting campaign with discovery, they still could be there wanting to watch a different type of video, but then your, your ad is there. Even if they know your brand or not, they still might not be in that mindset of why they went there to to watch an organic video. So I, I, I would kind of look to see what the typical average is between your account. I wouldn't give numbers because I've seen each channel work differently as well. 
But then even from the in-stream standpoint, it could be the right audience completely, but you're disrupting a user's experience of why they went to YouTube in the first place. So for the most part, I'd say with ads, the view metrics and the watch time we've seen personally on a variety of accounts is lower than what you would expect with organic. Just because there's one, there's always going to be a little bit of stigma with ads, but at the same time too, it's they weren't there to see an ad. They were there to watch a specific video. So I would look particularly at, you know, depending on what the difference is with your ads, typically, historically, I would kind of use that as a benchmark and see if you can get close to the organic results as possible. But understand that, you know, I would look at not necessarily view rate. My main goal is I want to look at, is this ad having an impact where people are coming back to the website and purchasing? And that's where my main focus would be. Joe, I know we've just scratched the surface of what's possible with YouTube ads. If people want to learn more about what the services are that you have to offer, or they want to check out your channel, where do you want to send them? Yeah, feel free to check out the Paid Media Pros channel. It's just youtube.com slash paid media pros. If you want to get in touch with Michelle or I about anything paid media related, you can go to facebook.com slash paid media pros, shoot us a message there. I want to say, I believe you can see how much we keep up with our website. Um, you can go to paidmediapros.com and we do have a form there you can reach out to. Awesome. Joe Martinez, thank you so much for answering my myriad of questions related to YouTube ads. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Mike. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 471. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.